0: Now turn with me, friends, to the Gospel of John, in chapter 19, and at verse 25. Now they stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, Behold thy son." Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple (laughs) took her into his own home. We're going to be looking, friends, as the Lord enables us over this <coughs> two days at the sayings of our Saviour from the cross. Last night we visited that these wonderful words Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Forgiveness do we have? tonight forgiveness do we have that assurance that you're forgiven because he's paid all of that every part, every jot, every pain has been visited on him because he, that prayer was answered and it pleased the Lord to bruise him that was the compassionate saviour what compassion to love these killers that were executing him. Tonight we look at the caring Saviour. The caring. On that cross, under this fearful, commanding torment of crucifixion, he overcame all. <coughs> When he saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved. And he acted out this action which is important for all of us. How come? How is it like that? Well, I try to show this tonight, friends, with four looks views of this first of all the plea for two sons the plight of two mothers the pain of two brothers and the plan for two churches this way I hope we will understand what this mighty saviour was doing But even as his body was wracked with pain he was in fact acting out a mighty purpose of salvation we looked last night of how he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly nailing them to his cross this is a powerful work that's going on even in the extremity of weakness he is acting in it all through powerfully working salvation and in the midst of it here is what he does he cares to tell us that this saviour is essentially a caring saviour you don't know friends how much he cares and how much he cared And how much he was willing to invest in that care of you and what it cost this is why we're here this is why we have this weekend oh how he cares oh how he cares for you just a little illustration about the, you've maybe heard the story of the ancient Britain noble, it's actually Welsh, I believe, who was fond of hunting and he had these great hounds, wolf hounds, and one of them especially was very faithful and loyal, he would do anything, so much so that he would even entrust his house to this wolfhound, and um this day he had to go away urgently with his wife, and they had a little baby left there, but he said, "I can trust this wolfhound it was left there, but when he came back, he saw his baby with blood covered in blood, and he saw the. The hound there, sitting by, and he took out, when he saw this, he took out his sword and stabbed the wolfhound to death. Hardly believing what he'd done. Then when he looked round, he saw another dead animal, a dead wolf. The wolf had come in and there had been a savage fight. As the wolf tried to grab the baby in the squ- fight, the blood of the animals and their wounds fell on the child. But the hound had killed the wolf and now the nobleman saw what he'd done. This is the reward. And the wolf looked up with mournful eyes at his master. For whom he would suffered so much. It was a caring dog. But friends, what's that? To the caring. At a price that the Lord Jesus has for us. And to demonstrate this. We have these two at the foot of the cross. Now we have to look a little bit backwards. To see the whole significance of this. We look back in Matthew at the plea of two sons, remember, and uh, how Jesus had to tell them the reality of the situation, the the enormity of the prices that were involved in in redemption. And they didn't understand. And this mother of james and john had a plea it was a plea for promotion she loved this whole messianic mission and she loved that two of her sons no less were in the the privileged company of the messiah but she wasn't satisfied with that She got hold of this vision that they must be ahead of all the others. That they must be ahead of the others. And he asked, what do you want? Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand, the other on the left in thy kingdom. What was wrong here, friends? It's what we call mixed motives instead of just being caught up with zeal and joy at the progress of the Messiah, she'd brought into it this selfish ambition for her two sons. And that's a warning to us, friends. Oh, let's be sure that as we come here and seek the Saviour, we don't have any motive other than this it's him it's all for him it's not for us it's not for our benefit not what we get out of it it's only that Christ may have the honour or oh, that my life and my sacrament and my worship might be uplifting him what is the matter about me he must have the glory he must have the honour He must have the praise. He must have the power and the glory. And what happened as a result? Well, we find that it was a base. Why was she doing this? It was really built on a false premise. She'd been building this up. It wasn't just all of a sudden that she had this idea. She was grounding it on some kind of privileges that these two had. <clears throat> these were the only two brothers that were allowed into special favour with the Lord. Don't you remember that time when Jesus raised Jairus's daughter? We read about it in <clears throat> the book of Gospel of Luke, among other places, and how Jesus banned everyone from that home as he met with the parents, except Peter and James and John. His mother heard about this. Ooh, my sons are really special. Look at that. There they were. All the others had to wait outside. Ah, my boys were there. And she began to accumulate in her that kind of self-congratulation isn't it dangerous friends from begin to congratulate ourselves you know we, we belong to a great church you know? isn't it good that we're we do everything right and congratulate ourselves ah, we've got it right you know these other people don't really they don't deserve to, what we've got we've got something special and then they were taken up of course up to The Mount of Transfiguration. Maybe Salome was there watching her sons. Ah, something wonderful's going to happen. They're going up to that mountain. Jesus wants them, doesn't want the others. Just them and Peter. Even in Gethsemane, maybe she heard of how they had got a special place. They saw Jesus in his agony. Let's be careful, friends, even in holy things. Oh, Lord, give me a pure heart, pure desires. Oh, only the Christ will satisfy. That's the only bread that will do my, meet my need because I live and I die for Jesus. And as a result, Jesus had to Give Salome and her sons a solemn warning. It's what we can call a prediction of propitiation. Jesus says, do you realize what's involved for me? I've got to propitiate for all the sins of my people. They've all got to be accumulated. They've all got to be poured down on me. And that is the kind of baptism that I will have. The cup has been filled to the brim and I have got a drink and drink it down and drink it down. Sometimes you say to your little child, "Now, you've got to drink that milk to the end. And what a struggle that child has, even to drink that nourishing milk. Imagine what Jesus has pictured to you drinking this fearful cup of shame and dishonor and rebellion wickedness and adulteries this loathsome cup this bitter cup of the consequences of our sin and he said you shall indeed drink of the cup of course the disciples weren't going to make propitiation they were sinners themselves but they had to taste of what he had That was on the way for them. And so, little did that mother know what she was asking for. I wonder what we have to face. I wonder what we have to face, friends. Whatever it is, it will be blessed. It will be for our good. It will be for our good. It won't be for our loss. We'll look at that in a moment. But then there's the there's not only the plea for two sons, there's the plight of two mothers. Let's go on a bit further and come to the cross. And what do we see at the cross? Jesus. At the cross of Jesus, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene were there. Where are you, Salome? what about your passion for the messiah you're not even mentioned in fact what it says in other gospel was that the women that followed him stood afar off there you are salome you're not there at the cross you're not there to be with him and to support him you're there but you're too far to be of any help. Why are you not with him? What's holding you back? Some people like that say, well, we love to hear about Jesus. We love to worship the Lord. Don't ask me to come near, any nearer. Don't ask me to come to the table. That's a step too far. And so they miss the blessing because Jesus spoke there yes. and yet these two mothers were in a plight can you picture yourself as that mother as that mary what's happening oh we remember she you know she, what she what's going through mary's mind as she sees her son wounded broken bleeding panting for breath sorrowing in an agony remember he said he said my soul is heavy even to the point of death oh the weight that's on him and even at the beginning when she took him first to the temple What did she hear? This is what she heard. Yea, and a sword shall pierce through thine own soul. Also. Now she's feeling that sword. Because she's his mother. She's so close to him. The closer you get, friends, the more you feel the pain of what sin is your own sin and the sin of this world and you say oh what is done to the one I love but you can't move away you can't turn your back because you have to be there watching and waiting with the master what about the other one I said Well, you know this, friends, her son was there, John was there, one of them was there. But the truth is that when Jesus was arrested, both these sons, like all the rest, forsook him and fled. Salome, your sons are forsakers. What about sitting on the throne now when you're cowering and hiding away? Not fit for the throne, are you? And yet, these two sons had something coming to them. Jesus had said, they shall be baptized with my baptism. Do you know this? It was that eldest son of hers, James was the very first to die. We read in Acts. 12 and 2 how Herod rose against the the church and took James the brother of John and slew him what kind of reward is this what kind of throne is this ah yes friends you know he was the first to reach the throne it was hard and it was hard for Salome to see her son die but yes he was the first to reach that throne remember what jesus has said you twelve shall sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of israel that was the baptism because he faced the baptism before he faced the cup he reached the throne and so will we i don't know what your baptism will be what cup you will have to drink but friends it's your pathway to the throne And so they both, she saw her son's future. John didn't, wasn't crucified. But oh, what pain he suffered. Banished to, banished to Patmos. Suffering endlessly there. As he said, those who are suffering for Christ. Can we offer you anything today? Friends, we can offer you suffering those that will godly must suffer persecution are we ready for that if that's what the table brings to you but they also saw this friends they saw the son's grace excuse me they saw his grace then jesus therefore saw his mother he saith to his mother Woman, behold thy son. There it is, the son of Salome. And he's been privileged with this great task to care. The the saviour who cares devises this way, if you can put it like that to extend his care to his mother by giving her a son she said i'm your son and i'm dying but i'm giving you the son in place of me what is he doing friends well you notice that he doesn't call her mother he calls her woman in other words he's breaking the tie of sonship and transferring that sonship to his apostle. Do you know what he's doing? He is establishing the church, the New Testament church. This is the very seed of the New Testament church. Where did it begin? It began at Calvary. And we are here tonight as the fruit of that seed because that woman means all women all the mothers of israel and that son means all the children of god in other words jesus is establishing the family of god how can he do that you see he's got the authority he says here i am dying for you I've paid the price and therefore I have the full authority from this throne of my cross to put together and establish the New Testament church, the testament in my blood. The church which is bound together in the testament of his blood. So this son... And this, this mother and son, what ties them together? Nothing fleshly, nothing natural. There is no kinship between them except this. It is that they share the love of Christ. They share the benefits of the cross. That's what unites us, isn't it? It's a bond closer than any other bond that we're joined together by Calvary. By pain and suffering by the covenant made with blood and so let's look at these let's look at this plan of two churches we've looked at the pain of the two brothers eh, but we've also looked at the plan for these two churches what do i mean by two churches well Mary, eh, as you know, belonged to the Old Testament Church. The Old Testament Church is in is in place and is in operation all the way through the ministry of Jesus until He established His New Church by His death. And so here is Mary representing that church. There's a there's a scripture in Revelation that makes this a uh, real to us she's symbolic you could say we don't like the roman church say that she was the um, the mother of god but she does represent all the people of god in the old testament it says here in revelation chapter 12 <clears throat> behold a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet And upon her head a crown of twelve stars, and she, being with child, cried, traveling in birth and pained to deliver. And then the dragon appears. She brought forth a man-child to rule the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God, to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Strange symbolic language, isn't it? But you see what scripture is portraying to us and what Mary represents in her motherhood. She represents this Old Testament church that brought Christ into the world. These centuries of prophecy and of kingship and of priesthood they were all the kind of gestation they were all the preparation that was bringing about the coming of the true messiah long predicted and when the man child the man child jesus was born then all the old testament brought forth that child why did it take so long that was the time it took to prepare for the coming of christ and so a place was prepared for that new testament church of christ and that's what jesus is doing here he's taking that mother and he's joining her to this representative of the new testament church the apostle john so that the two churches become one the old church was coming to an end But all its (laughs) blessings were absorbed into the new. To look at Paul now in Galatians chapter 4. And I hope this helps you to see that as we do these simple things, time and again in the life of the church, we are fulfilling this grand picture and plan of God's purpose. Galatians 4 in verse 26 says this. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. See what Paul is saying? He's saying that Jerusalem, that Old Testament church, where the spiritual church of the Old Testament is the mother of us all. Are you conscious of your great heritage of your great inheritance that what we are fulfilling now is the result of all these years all these centuries all that suffering all that laboring and travel all that expectation of the old testament church so much so that the lord jesus said he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. It was all gathered for us and for our benefit. It says in a, later on in, in Peter, he said that the, they were waiting in any expectation. It wasn't given to them, but they were waiting. They were longing for the day when we would be the purchased by the blood of the cross. Oh, what we've to live up to, friends. What will we have to say when we reach glory and meet Moses and Daniel and Jeremiah? And they say, who are you? We know who you are. You're the people that we long to see, that we suffered for in anticipation of the coming. And so, friends... When you drink that cup on the morrow remember that that it is the new covenant in his blood replacing the old and bringing in a wonderful new day. It's not only the old church is ending it's not only that the new church is born it's that the eternal church is united by the one who hangs on that cross and says to the disciple whom he loved behold your mother do you have that do you feel that tie, that bond which makes you one of the people of God let us pray gracious Lord we marvel and wonder at the love of the cross that all was done that Christ might form that people so that these mothers and these sons and all purchased with the blood might be united by the pain and sorrow and shame that was endured for us may we see the value oh how precious we are in thy sight Oh, how it pleased the Father to bruise him because he looks down with joy tonight upon us and he asks us, do this in remembrance of we. How can we hold back? How can we fail to offer this simple worship and draw deeper and deeper meaning from all that he has done? For us. So bless us by thy Spirit. Be with us until we meet again on the morrow, and accept us in Jesus. And for his sake, amen. 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 Let us close by singing in Psalm 133. (coughs) Behold, how good a thing it is, and how becoming well, together such as brethren are, in unity to dwell. And here is what it means, like precious ointment on the head that down the bearded flow even Aaron's beard, and to the skirts did of his garments go there you have a picture of the Old Testament church, of which we are the successors, as Herman's Jew, the Jew that doth on Zion's hills descend, even Calvary's hill, for there the blessing God commands life is. That shall never end. Psalms at 133, at the beginning, behold how good a thing it is. (coughs) Behold how good. the session is open and will be pleased to meet with anyone who wishes to profess faith for the first time also with anyone who has a disjunction certificate from another congregation intending communicants, please wait after the service for tokens to be distributed the services are as follows sabbath 24th at 11 a.m the dispensing of the Lord's Supper. The evening service is at 6.30pm tomorrow and on Monday, 25th, the Thanksgiving service at 7.30pm taken by Reverend David David ratti Mrs. Cathy Cameron's daughter, Anne, is very ill now with terminal cancer and she has asked, that they as a family be remembered at the throne of grace. Mrs Agnes Morrison remains in Rigmore Hospital after being transferred from the Lawson Hospital in Galsby. That was about two weeks ago. Her condition remains unchanged, as far as we know. So continue to pray for these. We shall now conclude. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest upon you now and ever. Amen.